This episode of Outlander Cast is brought to you by MinuteWithMary.com. And guys, some big news at MinuteWithMary.com. I am going to be sharing a tutorial on how to recreate Claire's eyeshadow look. You know that really cool eyeshadow from the flashback scenes that we all just were like, dang, Claire, look at you. <laughs> look at you, girlfriend. In addition to being a surgeon, you are very good, very talented with Quite your makeup. Good. So I'll be sharing that later on this weekend at Mary uh, MinuteWithMary.com. But you can also request to join my VIP group on Facebook by searching the hashtag Minute with Mary. Minute with Mary. You think I'd know how to say my name by now, right? <laughs> it's the place to be for all sorts of tips and tricks and just all around fun when it comes to playing with makeup. So uh, I do have a discount for my favorite mascara. Head on over to minutewithmary.com slash discount. It's just for you, our podcast listeners. All the way from Providence, Rhode Island, welcome to Outlander Cast. It's a podcast dedicated to the show Outlander on Stars. Sing me a song of a last day song. Say good night, last Mary of soul, she sailed on a day over the sea of you when you first heard that rendition of the Skyboat song, because of course the composer for Outlander, Bear McCreary rewrites the the intro each season. How many of you when you first heard that were like, nah, I'm not a fan. Where are the instruments? And now you're like singing along to different harmonies and you have picked your favorite parts. You, you love how the you know, just the rhythm was played with. <laughs> I want to know. Let it, let us know for sure. I, Hi, I feel like I feel like every episode we start talking about how much we adore. How much we this adore. Piece. I agree. Well, anyway, my name is Mary Larson. My name is Blake, and I'm still just in case if you're wondering, still in mourning over Tom Brady. <laughs> I'm still in mourning. Not great, Bob. It's okay. Not great. It's okay. So we, of course, being not from great, England, Bob. Uh, this is the worst week ever for, for Tom Brady to share that noise, but <laughs> share that noise. Instead of news, it's noise. But you know what we do have? What's that? We have so much Outlander still ahead of us. And I don't know about you guys, but there's a lot of weird stuff going on in the world right now. We're mm-hmm. recording this actually in the first day of spring, March 19th, 2020. And, um, you know, pretty much everybody's on lockdown in several countries. And yet Outlander is in season. And when Outlander is in season, you get to escape to these beautiful places and conflicts and music and costumes. And that's what Outlander Cast is all about. Sure. Because it's not just the podcast. We also have an amazing slew of blog posts. And I got to let you know what's going up next is a baking bread blog post by oh. our Outlander cast blogger Tammy. Mm-hmm. She's going to show you how you can, you too can be a baker like Claire in case, in case you want some bread at home because a lot of <laughs> you are home right now. So we're going to be talking about this week's episode. Of course, this is the listener feedback episode. But before we do that, we wanted to remind you that Blake and I, in addition to podcasting about Outlander, podcast about a bunch of other things yeah, too. And you can find all of those things, all of the podcasts that we do, including This Is Us Too, which is a podcast about This Is Us, uh, The North Remembers, which is about Game of Thrones, Owns. Uh, there's a parenting podcast called Parentcast. Uh, there's a Gilmore Girls podcast called You've Been Gilmored. We have a, uh, a, a podcast for the crown called Keep Calm and Crown On. And one of my favorites, one of my absolute favorites, is the podcast about Hamilton called Rise Up. So if you're a big fan of Hamilton and the Broadway, the Broadway series, Please listen to Rise Up. And of course, also, uh, there's another podcast that we have called uh, The Living Reminders. It's the Leftovers podcast, which was something that we're really into. Well, we were really into, and uh, it's something I'm actually quite proud of, uh, that podcast. So go to maryandblake.com. Check out all those podcasts. uh, And if you want to check us out also on social media, just look us up, man. We're here. We're ready to talk. We are. We got nothing better to do. We're all stuck at home. (laughs) We're just stuck at home with our kids. All right. Well, let's get into this episode. Well, you got an opening take? Oh. Well, no, no, you know what? You know what? You're right. You're right. Let's just, uh, let's get into the episode. All right, all right, all right. All right, so so you're dancing with our cat. For for all of the people watching us on Facebook Live and Instagram Live, 
you're you're dancing without a cat. It's okay. It's fine. Hey, so, listen. If if it's ever gonna be an episode to dance with a cat to, it was this <laughs> week's episode. So before we release the hounds, yeah. Before we release the hounds, Mary, do you have an opening take? An opening take? Yeah, an opening take. No, gotta, I don't. Do you? I, you don't have an opening take. I don't know what you want me to say, Blake. We never do this. <laughs> no, we we've done this for the whole season so far. Opening well, I, takes. I don't know where I've been. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, no problem. How about you, Blake? How to tell when the hosts aren't listening. Yeah, that's uh, that's how to tell. (laughs) Okay, so you're hot take. So I have have an opening take. I I got an opening take. We are on to season, I'm sorry, episode six right after this. Correct. We better get a move on. That's halfway through the season. Blake, you're uh, so Captain Obvious. I, I'm just... Oh, that's not Captain Obvious. That's just a fact. Yes. We better get it start, start getting a move on. Okay. Because if we don't get a move on, I'm, I'm going to be wondering, like, what are we doing? Okay, honey. So, all right. So, are you ready to release the hounds? Terrible hot take. Yes. It's not a hot <laughs> Hopefully take. Hopefully the a, listeners have better... It's an opening take, <laughs> not a hot take. Okay. It's not scorching. I mean, it's, right. it's like a, a lukewarm take. All right. So, through our website, Ned wrote in saying, Dear Mary and Blake... I admit that this was a step back for Roger, but Brianna should have told him everything much sooner than this. She's had a living st- a living stoker out there who's a oh, stalker. I think I think Ned means Ned means stalker out there who's hanging around their kid, and he Roger is the last to know. What's more, when Brianna went to Stephen Bonnet, she didn't include the possibility that it might be his. She said it's yours and left it at that. I understand why she didn't mon- mention Roger then. Rape victims even today are made to feel like. And for her to admit that there were two men in one night would be devastating. But from Roger's point of view, his wife was raped and he's still kicking himself for that. And because of Lizzie's misidentification, Roger lost a year of his life and the chance to ever go back to the 20th century. It's almost like Stephen Bonnet framed him and he did Bonnet's time in jail. Ooh, yeah. If anything, Roger should just be as angry as Bonnet as as Brie and hearing that Jamie and Claire knew about his being alive and left them both out can't possibly make them feel good so yes Roger is allowed to process this privately and be upset he feels very left out and I'd feel the same way says Ned um Ned thoughts thoughts on Ned yeah um listen Ned I mean I appreciate where you're coming from I get it um Roger's been dealt a bad hand but he had an opportunity to go back and he and he didn't. He didn't remember the remember the big fake out in season four with the shower. You know he had an opportunity to go back. He didn't. It's fine. That's his choice. He loves Bree. He clearly wants to go back. He's made some decisions here that just aren't great. They're just not great. And the the, the problem is that he's done so many bad things that nobody is giving him any benefit of the doubt. Uh, and. I don't think he's earned it yet. He's gone through a lot of bad stuff. I get it. But I, I'm just, I'm not, bi- I, I just don't think he's earned the benefit of the doubt yet. Would you agree with that or not? Or disagree with that? I'm just going to say interesting. <laughs> okay, fine. All right. Rosemary ch- chimes in on the, on the website at outlandercast.com uh, and says, I feel like a broken record, but this show is continuing to tick me off and how they are portraying Roger. And to hear so many show only fl- fans, including you, Blake, not care for the character or even downright hate him is very upsetting because Roger has always been a f- my favorite character. Yes, more than Jamie. And I'm tired of hearing the book is the book and the show is the show. I get that. I'm not a book purist. And I understand that adaptations from book to film require changes. And I don't mind most changes. But good adaptations should follow two rules. One, they should adhere to the basic plot line of the book. And the major characters of the book should be recognizable. The developers of the Harry Potter series under... Oh, sorry. Hold on. Let's... You're a wizard, Harry. They understood this, and while uh, fans were upset with some changes, the adaptations were pretty faithful to the books. Uh, I'm going to defer to the resident Harry Potter expert. Mary, would you agree with that statement? The developers of Harry Potter series knew this. Sorry, I was playing with a cat. Um... <laughs> How to tell when the hosts aren't listening. I mean, yeah, for the most part... Once you get to the latter parts of the books, they had to make some pretty serious decisions of what to do because of time. Yes. I right. will say that. All right. So, and then the book three, very different. Uh, I don't know. 
I don't know. <laughs> well, so she, she says it's she because continues. of time. Because of time, they can't flush everything out that they sure. want to from books. Sure. Uh, she continues on by saying major characters should not be changed so much they are turned from heroes to antiheroes or even villains. Roger is a major character in the book series. He's the only character other than Jamie and Claire to appear in every book in the series, and he has more POV chapters than anyone other than Jamie and Claire. And unlike someone like BJR or Bonnet. He is not a villain or an antihero. Fans should be rooting for him. But that is not the case for many fans because of the changes to his character and the show writers have that, that they've invented. On the other hand, the show took a minor character who died in book two, like Myrta, and made the focus of, of, of him on an entire season. And as a result, the major plot lines of drums were condensed and character development, particularly of Roger and Bree, went out the window. These changes would be the equivalent and this is for you, Mary, to the creators of the Harry Potter series changing the personality of either Hermione or Ron to an extent where fans hated the character. And then keeping Cedric Diggory alive, hashtag spoilers, and focusing entire movies around him to where Hermione and Ron were almost irrelevant. Ponder that. Ponder that, I say for a moment. I understand there are a lot of fans who never read the books, but the initial success of the show was because of the millions of devoted fans of the books who waited decades for an adaptation to make wholesale changes to the story to where they no longer resemble the books as a disservice to those fans. That is my two cents. You know, it's funny because Matt Roberts is is the de facto showrunner here, and he's the book guy. That's the book guy. And he's making this many changes. However, as I've said before, They've made some surgical changes and some surgical moves here to improve Raja. And I think that's probably because of Matt as the de facto showrunner. Mary, do you agree that they've completely ruined Roger's character from the books? No. How no. come? Well, it's tough because as a book reader, I love Roger. He is one of my favorite characters. Um but I do try to watch the episodes as an episode only person. I don't think that they have done him at all the justice that he deserves, but I also think that they've, um, they've shown how a different person handles things. You know, we're so used to Jamie and Claire who mm -hmm. are so perfectly in sync and we've been along with them and we fell in love with both Jamie and Claire at the same time. Mm -hmm. And we didn't get to necessarily have that same experience for Brie and Roger. And I think it's interesting that we need to, we are still learning to love them sure. through the show right away because we knew Jamie and Claire, we were all just captivated. And I do think that um, the courtship between Brie and Roger was sweet and very genuine and mm -hmm. real back in Boston. Of course, you know what I mean? We loved the little banter. Like you think about those little Boston moments of oh, the Boston cream pie, like those moments just made me giggle. And I think because we didn't get to necessarily see, all of their time bonding on screen. Mm -hmm. Bonding. Hey. <laughs> um, but you know So what that's I mean? what the kids are calling it now. <laughs> um, that we didn't get to have all of that sweet time that we got to have with Jamie and Claire. I mean, think about the things that Jamie did. Jamie beat Claire. Yes. He beat her. And yes, that caused a huge divide in the fandom. I mean, it was in the books and of course it was in the show and a lot of people are like, what the heck just happened? I can't believe it. I was in love with this man last episode and now I can't stand him. And other people, you know, stood by him, of course, because that was appropriate with the time. Mm -hmm. But we already loved Jamie and we already loved Jamie with Claire. Like we fell in love with his character and I don't think that the audience had been given enough time with Brie and Roger before things got bad mm -hmm. on screen uh rachel M marie grubb here says i haven't read the books and it's on instagram live by the way uh i haven't read the books uh so i only know the roger on screen and i love him yay and th there are some people here saying saying that they're i think they're on board with with this good um, and it, actually Rand's bum says, uh, it's like they sacrificed Roger's character to not take away from Jamie. Same thing with Fergus. Hopefully they will involve both uh, both couples, Bree and Roger and Fergus and Marcelli. I, I mean, I, I think that's, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's saying something. Angela chimes in. She says, I think Blake thinks they're doing something special to help Roger now in the show. They are. They absolutely are. They're doing something special in the show. And that is they're making Jamie's and Roger's conflict 
very prevalent, like overtly prevalent. And that is garnering favor for Roger. It is. That's the, that's the easiest, most simple way to make you like a character when he's wrongly judged or, or wrongly accused of something. Or I'll be interested to see how Roger goes along in the show. Um, Bros PS wrote in saying, yes, the writers, the writers are writing partners. They were fixing Roger in the last two episodes. Hmm, not so much. They did better this episode, except for Roger running away from home overnight. Leave it for a bit of time, but not the whole night. Roger did, however, have a right to be upset because let's be honest, Bree was an idiot for telling Bonnet that Jemmy was his child when she didn't even know for sure who Jemmy's father was. Does Bree having been raped mean that no one else can have a negative reaction to her actions? She gets a continual pass? Why would you think that Jamie wouldn't kill Knox? Jamie does whatever it takes to protect his family and tenants. Amen. Mm -hmm. Had Jamie been arrested and hanged, not only would it have affected him, but the men from the Ridge on the list would have also been in danger too, along with Claire and Bree and Roger. As per the podcast with the writers, the whole Graham Menzies storyline was to remind everyone that there is time travel in the show. Mm Mm-hmm. Jamie didn't burn the inn, just made it look like Knox died of smoke inhalation. Per the podcast, they wanted a scene where Jamie expressed his remorse to John Quincy Myers so he wouldn't have looked so cold-hearted, but because of time, it didn't make it in. So that's very interesting to know. Yes. Um, I think I would still just want to cover my tracks. Like I would just want to want to have a dead guy that I was working with <laughs> that yep. people saw me talking to uh, dead in bed. Murta is still a wanted man. So someone will have to go after him. Claire and Bree were in London visiting relatives in season two when they found out about Reverend Wakefield and went to Scotland. Sure. Why would there be consequences for Jamie killing Knox when everyone thinks Knox died from smoke inhalation? They have no reason to think murder. So no reason to go after Jamie. Well, when I said consequences, I meant narrative consequences it's it's not literal consequences and it it actually it could be that um because again like i said at the end of the last episode somebody saw jamie walk into that room somebody saw jamie in the room with knox nobody saw him leave and all of a sudden knox is sitting in a bed with a fire and smoking inhalation no there's something or someone is going to recognize this and say something about it. So that's the literal consequence. The narrative consequence is that something has to happen to Jamie because he made a choice in straight up murdering a dude. Whether or not it was reasonable or unreasonable and something that I would have done to protect my family, that is irrelevant. What matters most is that you can't just straight up murder a dude and not and as, a, as a protagonist and not have a narrative consequence. Something bad has to happen to Jamie. Something has to come of this. Because if it doesn't, then where's the moral compass? Well, I mean, I think his moral compass was also shown... Like, Jamie has proven himself to have a moral compass. Yes, but I'm saying in this particular situation... If if you can just in a story just go ahead and murder people without getting away with it, yeah. you're 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 a bad guy. You're well, you not know, Jamie Jamie I'll tell you this. Jamie's Jamie's life and the rest of this story is mm-hmm. not going to be all sunshine and roses. And that's a good thing. No, so that's what I'm saying. Is yeah. exactly. So you're you're in luck if you want yeah, I want <laughs> conflict. I want I want Jamie doing stuff that he absolutely should that not be doing. you're in luck, soldier. Yes. yes. All right. On Facebook, Laura Robertson says, I loved that in Voyager, Claire seemed to be attending the perpetual adoration because it connected her to Jamie. His faith was so ingrained in him and it would have made her feel connected to him. But I'm bummed that they changed it in the show. Do you agree with this statement? Because I feel like she was also in the perpetual adoration, and th- this is headcanon a little bit. She's also there for Jamie too, like because she's reminded. Yeah. She yeah, she's reminded. Even though it's not explicitly said in the show, she's reminded of Jamie by Graham. Menzies. Oh yeah, and she's there to be supportive, obviously. But I think she's there for Jamie too. I completely. I took it as she was there. Because he reminded her so much of Jamie. You think of how, I mean, of course she thinks of Jamie every single day, but then to have lost um, the Scotsman, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Who was so devoted to his wife um, in a way that she felt the same for Jamie. Um, and this was something that, you know, Jamie being so religious and, and so involved in his faith, I think that this is something that most certainly, um, it made sense to me in this episode. And I'm, I'm glad they had it in. 
Sure. Yep. I agree. Uh, Jennifer Catherine says, I also thought a couple of the edits between the time periods was a little awkward in a few moments. I loved the episode, but I might have felt lost if I hadn't read the books. You think that's true, too? Do you think you people... I mean, it depends on the kind of watcher that you are. If you're just a casual watcher and you're just... You're like you're eating popcorn and you're getting you're getting beers and you're making sandwiches and you're walking and you you, you vacuum in. I don't, I don't think that explains an Outlander person. No, I don't. I don't walking think so. Walking around, but, eating popcorn, making <laughs> sandwiches, making sandwiches, drinking beers. Um, I don't think that describes all Outlander uh, watchers, but I mean that 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 might describe some. And if you're just a casual watcher, yeah, I could see how you could get lost in that kind of in that kind of narrative storytelling device. Do you think book book watchers had a a better? Ooh, look at your little hybrid book, book watchers. watchers. Yeah, what the hell am I saying? I like that. Book readers had a had an advantage in this. No, story. but I kind of like book watchers. Book- <laughs> <laughs> um, Do I think I think book readers always have an advantage when it comes to watching the show, and then we get pleasantly surprised or confused depending upon what is different in an episode. Yes. Okay. Uh, what do you got from Debbie here? Debbie says... Oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. Karen's the next one. I apologize. Oh, sorry. Karen says, I get that Bree is deserving of Roger's support and compassion, but to paraphrase Jamie, is he not allowed any weakness of his own? Great question, Karen. What's your answer? Of course he's allowed his own weakness. He's allowed to be human. Uh, Blake. uh, Blake. Let me tell you, if you are making Roger to have to be on this high pedestal, then I'm going to be expecting a lot more out of you. You already expect a lot out of me because of Jamie and, and Jack Pearson. So yeah, well, you don't just just get on board. <laughs> just get on board. Might might as well be another one. <laughs> Debbie also wrote in saying, "Where is Lord John these days? I hope he's back in England." And and Ty- Tyron doesn't. Uh, it's supposed think- to be trying. Try okay. Why? I'm on Burgundy. I'm like, why is Tyrion Lannister in this? <laughs> you know nothing, Jon Snow. <laughs> you literally read what's why written. Is Tyrion? <laughs> like, wait a second. As always, ladies Fandoms and gentlemen, combined. Mary will read what you write. <laughs> Go f yourself, San Diego. <laughs> I think that should be the new drop. No, because not everybody watches Anchorman. That's true. People yeah. are just going to be upset thinking you're insulting San Diego. Okay, let's put these glasses back on <laughs> and let me try again now that we're not in Game of Thrones. Okay, so okay. she's be- Debbie's basically saying, like, where's Lord John this gray these days? <laughs> keep going, Mary. Just keep, keep reading. The end. Debbie's wondering where's, where's Lord John. <laughs> Where is Lord John? What do you think? Is he is he off making sandwiches, drinking beers? No. <laughs> making popcorn? No. What's he doing? He's taking care of his own stuff, man. Do you think he Do you think he's take do you think he's perfecting his Pinterest boards? Oh, he is completely perfecting his Pinterest boards full of perfectly poshed <laughs> ponytails. By the way, get the Lord John Pinterest board shirt at the Marion Blake store. It's amazing. <laughs> his Pinterest boards would be so beautifully like with all of his hair bows. Oh, all the hair bows. <laughs> so many good okay. hair bows. Angela wrote in. Yes. So she says, well, I think you should read this. Oh, one. okay. You should I'll, read this. Okay. One. So Angela says, so Blake, you did not mind that the 60s side was, uh, okay. You didn't mind the 60s side irreverent story. It did not progress <laughs> the story. Just saying. LOL. Uh, I would say, uh, Angela, uh, that the 60s story was not irrelevant. As a matter of fact, it was quite relevant and it did progress the story. Keep talking. Okay. Sorry. Where are you going? I forgot to put the the laundry in the dryer and it includes all of our bedding. Oh my God. Okay. So uh, Mary's just, she's abandoning the podcast. You're welcome. Facebook live and Instagram live and YouTube. Um, No, it's not irrelevant. That story. As a matter of fact, it's quite relevant and it does further the story. And not only that does it further the story because we find out why Claire uh, goes back to Scotland but more importantly, it enlightens Claire, and it enlightens the character of Bree. Something doesn't always have to move the plot in order for it to be relevant. What matters most is, does it enlighten the relationships that we have with each of the characters, not only the characters, but us as the viewer with those characters, and to gain more personal um, actual information about those characters and how they relate to each other is important for us, the viewers. So 
No, that's that's why it is absolutely irrelevant, and that is absolutely why the flashbacks were perfect. So, uh, that and she's and Angela follows up. She says, "I like the '60s story, just going by your philosophy." Um, sorry, Angela, it's that's not my philosophy. My philosophy is what I just said. So uh, that's that's how I'm going to go with that. Uh, Jennifer uh, Spearman says, "Blake." This is an important one. This oh, is very important. Yes. This might be the most important comment. Oh my gosh! Okay, had you're getting like very serious. Do you want to know what it is? Bring it on, Blake. I'm so sorry for your loss of Tom Brady. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I still love. I still love Tom. Uh, we got an email from Stephanie. What All do you right, got, Stephanie? Oh, oh, you want me to read Stephanie it? Stephanie said, okay. "Thank goodness for Claire talking some sense into Roger, telling him not to squander his time with Bree." This message. Oh, hold on. This message cannot be read by me because it's going off the screen, Blake. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Okay, apparently it's going off the screen for me too. Hold okay, on. I'll get to her you second know, just, paragraph. Yeah, go to the second paragraph. She says, I'm glad Roger went back to apologize to Bree, something we've missed after the previous fights. Sophie Skelton always shines in scenes of conflict, and by the way she used her face to communicate the anger, shame, and fear all in one moment was great. I was so moved when she finally told Roger that Bonnet's still alive. I felt her terror when she said, he haunts me. I see him everywhere. Mm-hmm. For all of us who have endured trauma, the terror is visceral. Regardless of whether it's not reasonable and I'm really glad the show is giving Sophie time to explore this part of Bree's arc. I only wish she could have told Art Roger about being afraid that Roger would have immediately stopped freaking out and comforted her. He still took a couple beats before he really heard what she was saying and I feel like this was a missed opportunity and ruined some of the rehabilitation from the previous episodes. Had he immediately stopped and held her I think that would have gone a long way to help repair the damage both for Bree and for the audience. I'm really loving how these episodes can stand on their own and yet they are building the tension towards the climax. Remember when we were kids on a swing and a friend would turn around and slowly tightening the chain until they finally couldn't turn it anymore so they'd let it go? Sending us careening through the air on a death spiral. Well, that's what the writers are doing with this season. Every episode, the story's just getting a little bit tighter and the stakes a little higher and soon we're going to start spinning. I'm both thrilled and terrified for what's next. Until next week, everyone, please stay safe and take care of yourselves. Makes me wanna shout. Absolutely. If Roger had just stayed there, regardless of whether or not he's allowed his his uh, foibles and his flaws, he is. Of course, he's allowed flaws. That's the point of having an actual character flaws. But the problem is, the show has done him so dirty in previous seasons. They could have made a natural choice for Roger, which was stay there, be there for Bree, and make us care about him, make us love him. That was the that was the proper choice, in my opinion. Did I love the conversation with Claire? Yes. Would I been would I have been okay if he went off, took a walk, saw Claire, had a conversation, went back? Absolutely. Staying away all night with a gun and worrying about whether or not he was going to shoot Claire, if he was going to miss her or not, problem for me. Big problem for me. Not going to lie. Okay. <laughs> Not going to lie. All right. From Christine, she says, uh, this one's been a while, but this has been the first episode that has moved me enough Woo! to share my thoughts. Woo! Well, welcome back, Christine. Thank you very much for joining. Uh, the Fire Cross is probably my least favorite book of the series. The book makes me think that herself gets paid by the word. Sorry to those of you who love it. And this season proves that the book is the book and the show is the show. This season has been an excellent adaptation of the book, a book that I don't remember, by the way. And this episode has been my favorite so far. Five kilts for hashtag all the feels. Mm. The good. Wow. Jamie is a cold-blooded killer. He continues to do what he needs to be done to protect his family. The bad. I'm not a fan of the theme. In the past, Baird made connection to the setting. In season two, we had French. In season three, we had a Caribbean feel. And I'm not a music historian. Can, can someone please explain the connection to the churchy choral version of the Skyboat song? But Ray Yarbrough is still amazing for the last line. And the great Graham Menzies and the perpetual adoration. I loved how they brought in the parts of Voyager. It fits so perfectly in this episode. Well, I I mean, I know that, of course, a lot of the people who were moving to these areas were of, of faith and were singing, but I more like the aspect of it being um, community to sing and make this new 
this new intro, if that makes sense. Like I like the fact that it is it is with people because it is people that helped build this country. That is people who like, you know, banded together through thick and thin to to make this new world really function. So I know that there's definitely a bit more <laughs> that went into it when when Barry decided to go this route. But I myself think that it is very in line um, with the times. But also when you just think about it conceptually, um, I love it. Uh, this one came from Heather. Mary, you want to read this one or, should, or shall I? Heather says, I would give this week's episode a 4.2 kilt rating. To be honest, it didn't really work for me. I understand Claire meant that losing the patient to a penicillin allergy in the 1960s precipitated her returning to Jamie. But other than the the voiceover philosophizing (laughs) about time, uh, didn't seem to fit in with the actual events of this episode for me. It felt like they were just trying to be deep with no real substance. Or maybe I am just a slow on the uptake. All it did was make me feel that they were foreshadowing one of the Beardsley twins dying of a penicillin allergy, which then didn't happen. I wonder if it was meant to foreshadow something greater to come. Well, here are Heather's GBGs. Her good was seeing the... <laughs> I always, I'm terrible with this word. Impetuous? <laughs> impetuous. That yes, way. I did it. Impetuous <laughs> pirate. <laughs> I think it's the peas, actually. The impetuous pirate. See? <laughs> it was the peas. <laughs> it like throws me off. Impetuous pirate? <laughs> okay, you're welcome. Uh, anyway, a nod to book readers. It was also lovely to have some flashbacks in the 60s again, even if I felt the construction didn't pay off. I also really like the scene with Claire and Roger. I feel like they have more chemistry than Roger and Brie. A lot of people feel that way, Heather. Uh, her and how Brie has more chemistry with Lord John than Roger. Oh, my goodness gracious. Uh, okay, Heather's bad was the voice like I said, didn't feel like they really fit in the story here and they were spoken so fast and the images intercut so quickly that I couldn't even really take in what Claire was saying. It kind of made my brain hurt. And Heather's great was I thought the scene where Jamie killed Knox was spectacular. The tension was palpable the whole time, panning into Jamie's gun on the table, seeing his inscrutable reactions to Knox's pretty sincere statements. This reminded me of... Ooh, this is a word. Duplicitous? Duplicitous? Yeah, that's a word. (laughs) Duplicitous Jamie in Paris. Yep. Sorry, Heather. Ruined that one for you. She also said he tried all he could. Duplicitous? Yeah. Listen, man, it is 10. My brain stops working at 9.30. Oh, that was funny. He tried all he could not to have to kill Knox in cold blood, but is justified when he did. Sam Hewen shows us once again what a tremendous range he has. Uh, here on Facebook Live, uh, Whitney Robbins says, uh, I agree. I don't think Roger looks bad. I've said it once and I'll say it again. The level of dysfunction in the family based on uh, in this family based on non-communication drives me nuts. They all need hashtag all the copays. Oh, right? <laughs> yes, absolutely. They all need some serious, serious therapy. Out, out, at OutlanderCastClan.com, which you can go to and become a member there and even actually join us on our After Dark episodes that we'll be having after this listener feedback episode when we record it. Just go to OutlanderCastClan.com and you will be a official member of the OutlanderCast Clan. Uh, Laura Beth says, Blake, you recently had an outlandish theory that they have to tell Fergus. And I want to go there. Blake's outlandish theory. Yes, it's not so much that I want Fergus to know. I really want him to tell his wife. She is watching Claire know what to do with magic moldy bread brush strokes. You know she has got to still think somewhere in her head that maybe Claire is a witch. I want to hear the questions that she has for Brie about the future. She is so curious by nature. Should be fun. All of the kilts. Yes, 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 yes. Not only does it affect Fergus, but you're right, it would affect Marsily as well. And as we all know, the relationship that's budding between Claire and Marsily is one of the more interesting pairings that Outlander has created for us. And it's something that is awesome. And I am all about that. Hashtag Marsily Claire life. Uh, I'm going to call it Claire Silly. I am all about the Claire Silly life. I think that is going to be Awesome. But you ready for the voicemails? Always. All right. So if you want to contribute to the listener feedback episode with a voicemail, you absolutely can. Just make sure you go to Outlandercast Clan. I'm sorry. You go to Outlandercast.com and you'll see the engage button. Just click it and then you'll see a voicemail drop down and then it has a big button that says speak pipe. Hit that and it will uh, utilize the 
microphone in your computer or on your iPad or on your smart device, and it sounds absolutely wicked pissing. <laughs> sounds like you're in studio. That's the way that I awesome. like it. Okay? okay? So that's how we do it. Great. Let's get to the voicemails. Hi, it's Marsha from Columbus, Ohio. Hi, Marsha. Um, and I'm happy to report I do not have COVID-19. All right. Um, clan, I just pray that you guys are all taking this seriously and taking all necessary precautions. Be safe out there. Thank you. I give this episode a 4.9. Um, my good was Dr. Claire doing the frontier tonsillectomy. Um, two questions with that, though. Number one, where were the masks? All those bystanders and no masks. I know it's backlogged from China, but we could have improvised, I'm sure. <laughs> um, the second thing was, where was the disinfectant, um, you know, the whiskey swish? Um, I know we have penicillin, but we need to take precautions. Um, my bad was the fight. Come on, Bree, you need to communicate with your husband. You would have learned that in pre-Cana, but of course you weren't married Catholic, so there's that. My great, though, were the flashbacks to the 60s. It did take up a lot of real estate that I'm hoping is not going to bite us in the butt come later in the season. Um, but, oh my gosh, seeing Joe again, the Claire fashion, the Claire styling. Yes. Oh my gosh, Mary, yes. you need to hook us up with that look. I got you, girl. Um, <laughs> so, But I loved it. And Blake, thank you so much for my new theme song, Don't Worry About a Thing. <laughs> Um, we're all going to get through this and have a great week, guys. That's it. Thank you. And you are welcome. Three little birds, but Bob Miley, (laughs) that's all we got. I might, I might even play it again. I might do it. I don't know. You could do, um, the Stevie wonder. Is it Stevie wonder? Don't you worry about it. Oh, that's Stevie. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. Okay. You know what? Maybe we will. (laughs) Maybe we will. I don't know. It's a listen. We're breaking all the rules and listen to feedback. Oh, you could do the episode. Jacob Collier version. Oh, oh so good. I don't know. Don't we'll mess see. with Jacob. We'll see. He's so good. Hi, Mary and Blake. My name is Gabriella. I'm calling from Brazil. Hi, Hi Gabriella. Old caller, an old listener, and I'm just calling to leave my cute rating and my GBGs. Okay. My cute rating is a four point seven. I really enjoyed this episode. I didn't like the editing in some parts, but overall, it was a really good episode. I'm just gonna go ahead for my GBGs. So my good is Edsel and seeing the kitty on screen was yes. really cute. Yes. It's just, just like a picture while I was reading the book, so that was really sweet. And my bad, I just don't like what you're doing to some characters like Roger. I really feel sad because show watchers, they're not liking and enjoying Roger. Like I, I love him. He's my favorite character from the book. Mm-hmm. And Or the length you're going to to change the story because they decided to keep Morta alive. And that just makes me sad. And my great is when Claire said, welcome home soldier to Jamie. It was just sweet and just took me back to season one when she came back from the stones and said, on your feet, soldier. Mm-hmm. That was really sweet. And I just cried a little bit Aww. while watching it. And that's it. I love your podcast. You are a great company. I love to listen. Uh, I get really excited every time you upload a new podcast. Thank you. So that's it. Thank you very much for listening. Bye. Thank you. Thanks, Gabrielle. You call in anytime you want, honey. You yes. call in anytime you want. You you could talk with us. I'm happy about this. I, I like the heat that she's bringing. All right, let's get the next one. Hello, Mary and Blake. My name is Andreina. I'm calling from Port Coquitlam, BC in Canada. It's right. uh, a small city in the Lower Mainland, um, in the Vancouver Lower Mainland. This is my first time calling you, and I loved your podcast, and I started listening uh, last summer when I started watching the show. Well, welcome. I want to comment on perpetual adoration. I think this episode has been the best so far this season, and there's two reasons for that. Uh, the first reason is seeing Claire um, back doing her job uh, as a doctor. Uh, I love seeing Claire in all her dimensions, and that was wonderfully done. The second reason was that the episode brought back the wonder and the magic of the time-traveling aspect of the story, the meaning, the philosophical implications of traveling through time and what this means for Claire. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that that was really important and it has been lacking in the, in the episodes and in the seasons mm-hmm. uh, lately. 
The one thing that I didn't enjoy was Jamie having to kill Lieutenant Fox. I understand that he had to do it, but it just pains me to for Jamie to have another mm-hmm. um, soul uh, on his conscience. And there was such, there was sort of like a, a, a calm calculation about it that I did not enjoy. Anyway, that's the only reason um, this episode only get 4.8 kills from me. I love you guys. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. you. Yes, I see, you. that was one of the things I had difficulty with was how calm and collected Jamie was. But on the flip side, he is a soldier. Yeah. And, you know, when, when you have to do the hard things and your mind yeah. is focused on you protecting, do. you know, your the people you love, you, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, and you know, it's funny. I, I'm surprised at how divided the Outlander fandom is about this about Jamie the, murdering, the murdering thing. Okay. Jamie being a little murdery. Um, I, I thought most would be in support of it, uh, but I'm finding, at least in, in my experience, uh, a lot of people are kind of like, well, whoa, that was that's aggressive, Jamie. Like, what are, <laughs> what are we doing? So, uh, yeah, I like it. Hi, Mary and Blake. It's Kathy from Cleveland. Hey, Kathy. Sorry I missed last week, but I just couldn't put my distaste for that episode into words. (laughs) And sadly, this week's episode was even worse. I'm giving it 2.5 kills. Whoa! Yep, even worse than that autopsy the writers stole from the theater the absurd. (laughs) My good? We finally get to see Adso! Yes! Unfortunately, it's immediately after Jamie commits murder. Yeah. So from now on, I'm just going to call him Murder Kitty. <laughs> My bad. Well, I wanted to expound on the gross inaccuracies in the medical stuff, but there just isn't time. Somebody is only giving me 90 seconds. Yes. So I'll go with my personal Outlander pet peeve. Two frackin' many voiceovers. Thank you. Some were okay, but they were mostly intrusive, distracting, poorly acted, and unhelpful. In some cases, completely nonsensical. My great, the scenes between Roger and Bree were well-written and decently acted, though I still think a lot was left unsaid, and I am not on board with Roger still talking about going back, and I don't think Bree is either. If I didn't have the pandemic to worry about, I might be worrying about where this season is going, <laughs> but I try to keep things in perspective. Good. So if you can't stay home... Keep your distance, and for God's sake, wash your hands. Love you guys. Bye. <laughs> Love you too, Kathy. Love you too. We're coming down from the clouds with that 2.5. Oof. Oof. Oh, send shivers up your spine. Hi, Mary and Blake. It's Sharon calling from Chicago. Hi, Sharon. I have no idea what I'm going to give this episode. It would have been a 4.8 if not for the fatal flaw of Roger. Um, I love Adzo. I yes. love the flashbacks. Yep. I love the relationship between Claire and um, Menzies. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of that. It was nice to see them kind of go back. Mm-hmm. But, you know, my prob- problem is Roger. If my husband would have stormed off and stayed overnight without telling me, I would have been really upset. Yep. Um, plus the fact that he nearly shot Claire. I mean, for God, what? Nearly shot Claire. They And they laughed about it. Ha ha. Very funny. <laughs> um, but he hasn't earned the right to storm off. They don't have that strong relationship yet. Thank Not you. like Claire and Jamie where they can have an argument and make up the next day. Thank you. Um, and also, Roger, he really has not brought anything to Brie, but, you know, <laughs> problems. Um, yeah, he's helped her find her dad. Um, but he didn't have to marry her. That didn't add anything oh to the plot. <laughs> we went there. Um, so... And I really feel like the show is doing rape victims a disservice, honestly. Um, I just think it's very triggering to have a rape victim be blamed by her husband. How is she supposed to know who the child is? She doesn't have to tell him every little thing. And I just find that kind of upsetting. So I'm not going to give this a rating. You know what, Sharon? You know, Sharon, uh, you, you didn't have the winter bell there for a couple of a couple of weeks, and that's okay. You broke the streak. However, I am happy to report you're going to get more than the winter Why? bell today. I don't know if I'm dancing. I don't know if I'm dancing for this one. It makes me want to shout. Abso-freaking-lutely. This, I think, I think Sharon has put it much more succinctly and much more eloquently than I ever could. Roger has not earned the right to storm away. And in fact, all he's done is just bring problems to Brie. I I don't think I can agree with this anymore. 
I don't think I can. Has he, in your opinion, has he earned the right to storm off? Not only just storm off, but stay out at night. If I had done that to you, there'd be problems. Isn't that what Bree did to him? When? On their wedding night. No, didn't she go back? Didn't she leave? She left for a little bit. Well, he left. He was the one who left oh, on the he wedding did night. Leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. New. Oh, you're right. Mm-mm. See, here's the thing. If you were to leave after we were to fight, I would be like, good freaking riddance. I'm eating all the M&Ms and staying up and watching Twilight. <laughs> and piece, Dolphin Tail. And literally sleeping diagonal in the bed. You want to sleep on a rock? Peace. I, yeah, no, no, I don't okay, think you would. But, no, I, I wouldn't. Would. I wouldn't. I You'd would be upset. Oh my god, I'd be like finding you through my iPhone. <laughs> find my friends. Find my friends. <laughs> find my friends. No. Um. Yeah. The whole storm. You're right. It is Roger that leaves. Oh, good, Roger. <laughs> <laughs> everyone is is well, not everyone, but a lot of people are disagreeing uh, with me. Rebecca Ann says, "Nope, don't agree with her or you, Blake, at all." And then Angela, Angela's freaking out. OMG, OMG, OMG. <laughs> uh, and Whitney says, I cannot with the double standards for Roger. I don't think it's double standards. I think it's... Um, I'm having a difficult time. Let's go on. Oh, it, but Rebecca does bring up a good point. Bree told them to leave with the Wilmington episode. Yes, she did. But that doesn't mean he actually is supposed to do it. He should not have left. Absolutely should not have. Because if you remember, Bree said leave. And when he does leave, she was upset because he left. So just throwing that out there. I'm 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 take bunkered on this. Well, let's go. Let's okay. move on to the next one. Hi, Mary and Blake. This is Janine from Pennsylvania. Hey, Janine. Oh, Janine. Oh boy, did life just get interesting? Seriously. Well, we're stuck at home, so time to do listener feedback, huh? Yeah, girl. Um, <laughs> this episode, I didn't really have that many strong feelings about it. I'd probably give it like a a four, maybe, just because I felt a little clunky. There were parts that. Everyone was having a flashback. I mean, uh, Claire has a flashback, multiple, and Roger has a flashback. And it was just we a lot of moving parts. Mm-hmm. Um, so that wasn't my favorite. Um, the voiceovers, although I am fine with them, um, also felt a little, like, disjointed. Sometimes she start talking about the spider web and then four scenes later she continues that story so i felt it was just like a lot of moving parts um what i did like is any part with adso he's adorable let's face (laughs) it um and did claire just invent penicillin these people are going to know about penicillin way sooner than it came out um i will say i did love the fact that jamie was so good at controlling his face around Knox. well right until the very end huh oh well (laughs) It looks like she got cut off. Okay. that's Sorry. That. Sorry. Sorry, Janine. I'm not sure what happened there. Well, let's move on to the next one. Hi, Mary and Blake. This is Rachel from Louisville, Kentucky. Hi, Rachel. I'm a longtime listener, first-time caller. My kilt rating for episode 505 is a 4.7. Overall, really enjoyed it, um, and definitely one that I'll go back to watching. Um, I thought it was a nice character episode for Claire and told in a really unique way. Um we normally know Claire really well, so it was nice to kind of get more into her psyche um, mm-hmm. and look at her relationship with her patients and her spirituality um, and how overall, how that affects who she is um, and why she came back um, in the first place. Um, my good, um, Adso, uh, I thought he was adorable and um, the payoff was really great. Um, my bad is a really sm- like a really small little quibble, but Blake, you might say that stats are for nerds, but this is actually a matter of statistics. Um, Claire tells Marshley that um, the test was a false positive during um, when they were testing for any allergies to penicillin, but in fact, she means a false negative. negative. The test came back negative and yet her patient died anyway. Um, really minor, but, um, just something that I wanted to, um, point out. Interesting. Um, otherwise my great, one of them was, um, some cool directing choices and writing, um, to kind of tell it in a nonlinear fashion, um, and getting pieces of flashbacks and overall at the end, um, being able to, uh, see how everything tied together. Um, my other great was finally seeing some, um, intimacy between Brie and Roger, um, and for your question from the last episode, um, I am a practicing Catholic myself, um, and perpetual adoration, adoration is meant for people to be in constant worship and communion with what we believe is the body of Christ. So people take shifts 24-7 um, overnight 
um, holidays um, just to be with him un- under extenuating circumstances. Um, and as the name suggests, there's always someone in his presence. Um, so I thought that was cool to see all of that um, kind of and how Claire took that on for her patients that um, for her one patient that um, actually meant more to her um, than she had realized at the time yeah. um, and how that relates to her relationship with Jamie. Um, overall, really loved the episode. Um, I'm looking forward to the listener feedback to see Yay. what other people have to say and your guys' response as well. Um, <laughs> They're very <as> always, varied. <laughs> um, thank you for all the work you guys do. I thank love the you. podcast. Um, thank you. Bye. Thank you. Thank you so Rachel. kind of you. And thank you for explaining the uh, perpetual adoration way better than I did, <laughs> which was me just reading it off of some website. So great job. You're welcome, everybody, for this informative podcast, by the way. <laughs> Next goodness. one. Hi, Mary and Blake. This is Hanley, Hi, a.k.a. Hanley. Hutch from the Facebook clan. Hi, Hutch. Longtime listener, first time caller. <laughs> I am normally based out of New York, but my husband and I are both actors. And since our theater productions got canceled Aww. due to C that shall not be named, yes. we are holed up in my home state of Georgia. By the way, Blake, sorry about Brady. Now my Falcons have to play him twice a year, so or at least, so I'm not happy about that either. You're welcome. <laughs> anyway, I'm calling in about episode 505 with just a giant outlandish theory, Ooh. since all of your thoughts were so spectacular. Okay, hold on. Hold on. We got we to play the outlandish theory song. All right, Hanley, go ahead. About the episode. Um, I wonder... If Claire and Jamie will have to fake their own deaths in order to get out of this situation with Governor Tryon, bringing about the obituary, I think they will have to torch the big house with two other bodies inside. And that's why Fraser's Ridge is so sadly short-lived, according to the research that Roger discovered. And since I also agree that we will probably be losing our beloved Silver Fox this season, I wonder if Murta is one of the bodies, having met his end saving Jamie prior to their setting the fire. Super wild, I know, but as a show watcher, I like to theorize like a mofo. That's it for now. Wishing you all, your family, and all the listeners continued health and safety in this crazy time. Thanks for bringing all of us together with your brilliant insights, humor, and warmth, Team Larson. Oh, wow. thank you. Hanley, wow. This is a good one to end on. And uh, Hanley, this is for you. And for the sake of Hanley, a.k.a. Hutch, this is what I'm going to say. I'm going to put the Blake Larson Garantos on what she just said. Capital G Garantos. That is what I'm going to co-sign on that outlandish theory. That that I will take it and use it as my own because it was you can't that good. Take it. It's it, Hanley's. But I'm you just have saying, to give her credit. It was if that it comes good. true, you get to give her credit because you know what you did? What? You're like opening take of boringness. <laughs> Guys, things are going to start happening. No, no, I said they have to start happening. Things otherwise, are going to start happening. No, they have to because otherwise, what are we, we're halfway through the season and I feel like we've just kind of... Yeah, Hanley did a much better job. It, <laughs> yes, she did. Yes, she did. Uh, well, that is that, Marvin. That is the end All of right. the... Uh, that is the end of the voicemails. Everybody brought it today, they by did. the way. Uh, and I, so much divide in the scoring of this week's episode. This whole season, I feel like people have been... Loving or hating an episode, and then it flips, and then the next week they're the opposite. It's been really interesting. Yes, yes. Um, so I, I've been pleased. I've been pleased with everybody's takes. I, th- I think we all did a good job here. Um, got anything else that you want to say about this episode or anything about about uh, whatever we're doing? No, and- but I'm really excited to watch episode 506. So if yes. you are someone who's relatively new to Outlander Cast, make sure that you hit that subscribe button in your podcast because you want to make sure that you are up to snuff and you've got your podcast app full during these times of isolation oh wait we're supposed to do the um the preview for 506 oh my gosh yay all right hold on let's Let's do it vamp for me here for a little bit okay so um of course we don't watch the uh previews for the next week um i think i might have not gonna lie no no i'm the one that's not supposed to watch it you can watch it all you want (laughs) i can't Good. Because that's that's how it goes. Because I did. <laughs> yeah. All right, hold on. Let me, let me bring it up here. Keep vamping. Okay. This is not vamping. I had hoped it would oh. come to this, but it seems right, we're so going to have all hold on. war after Do you put it up there or no? I'm trying, but come on. Okay. There we go. Hold on. So okay. let me uh, go up here and uh, close this down. Sorry. You're not helping me. Sorry. Right? I'm supposed to be vamping. I'm yes. sorry. 
Okay, so here we are. We're, this is we're, excellent we're... podcasting, ladies and gentlemen. You're it's listening to me self talk to get the <laughs> to get the stupid preview up on the screen. Okay, here we go. You ready? Uh, Great job vamping, Mary. Way to help welcome. me out. Help a brother out here. You're welcome. <laughs> I'd hope it wouldn't come to this, but it seems we're going to have our war after all. Edzo has brought us a gift. I hope it's not a gift from the gods. The crop will be crawling with the devils if we wait any longer. Oh so no! What is it you propose we do? Have you lost your mind? What do you mean? Well, if you're going to take this, oh. you might as well take both of them. Wow! We just lost Instagram with that. That's okay. That's fine. Whatevs. That just blew my doors off. Oh my god! I'm so excited. That just blew my doors off. If we're, if we are talking about giving rings back, and uh, there's no way Jamie is just taking rings because he wants to take them or not. He's probably taking them to sell them for something. Like he needs the money for for whatever. Maybe he wants to get uh, 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 a diamond or something, so that they can go through, so that they can go through um, the portal. Or there's no, 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 no. And Claire, it's, you saw the chin porn from Claire. There's some chin porn going on there, um, and this is all in preparation for the battle. Jamie probably feels like this thing's going to be worse than we actually anticipate. So he's probably trying to get everybody to get, to get out of there. That's what I'm thinking. That's, that's yeah. Yep. That's where I'm at. What do you think about that, Mary? Interesting. All right. So, uh, so that's that. That is that. I quite liked that preview. That was one that. Yeah. You dig, you digged it. You did. I dug it, it, man. That was, that was really cool. I'm not going to lie. Okay. That that was good. All right. So you ready to close this bad boy out? All right. Let's do it. Oh. Yeah. Okay, you might want to turn it down a little. This is like, this is like really intense. Yeah, Blake, it's what? too much. It's too much like talking. You gotta turn it down. You you don't know how far into it is, are you? No, I don't. Okay, it's okay. How far do you want me to go? Here, here we go. <laughs> don't you worry about a thing. There we go. There we go, guys. There oh. We're going to make it through this, my friends. We're, we we're are gonna make together. It we're all going to live together. We're all going to have some fun. Oh, I love this song so much. I love this song. Your style of life is a drag. See, I this is what happens when I record at 10.30 at night. I'm really low. Yes. <laughs> okay, guys. So, um... Don't you worry about a thing. Don't you worry, guys. We're going to make it through this. We're going to attack this. That's right. We're all going to stay inside and wash our hands and watch Outlander. Okay? All right. So, starting things off, we want to thank all of our patrons at OutlanderCastClan.com. Kicking things off with our associate producers, Angie, Candy, Carolyn, Celine. Oh, I always mess it up. Celine. Not Celine, Celine. I know, I know. See, it's after 10.30. I'm like a mogwai. <laughs> Bright light! Bright light! Dawn. I should say their names while I was singing. Diane Jeffrey. <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer Marilyn Maureen. <laughs> Patricia Savant. Stephanie. <laughs> and Valerie. And then we got our co-producers. Hold on. Amanda and Lee, Barbara, Dana, Janet, Keelan, Lori, <laughs> Ellen, Marianne, Meredith, Reynolds, Sharon, Tina, Whitney, Robbins. Then we've got the <laughs> executive producers, Anne, Bobby, Dee, and Jen, <laughs> Katie and Kirsty, Martha and Roger. <laughs> Peggy and who's the last one I can't see because my cat was in the way Sarah wait I'm not done I got more things I gotta do sorry I want to thank the all the members of the Outlander cast staff who continue to bring us so much excitement through the season we also want to thank all of you who have taken the time oh yes a chance to see on the news 
<laughs> okay, Facebook's going to like kick us off. Oh, um, man. Okay, so we want to thank all of you who've taken the time uh-huh. to write us a review on your podcast app of choice. Yes. And if you already have, you know what else you could do? You can go back in there and like the other comments. It boosts the algorithm and the podcast app. So when new people are completely bored out of their flipping minds and they turn on Netflix to Netflix and chill, but actually just meaning watch they watch Netflix. Yeah, actually Netflix and chill. Um, they're going to watch it and then they're going to be like, I need to watch Outlander and I need to listen to a podcast about this. And you know what they're going to say? Outlander cast of Miriam Blake. That's right. Um, also, guys... Keep your eyes peeled because Blake and myself, we're like ripping something, uh, rearing something up where we might do like a community watch of something. Who knows? Maybe season one of Outlander together. Who knows? You never know. Who knows? So keep your eyes peeled. We want to thank, of course, the people who've written in reviews. And I want to thank Thambelina. Mm. Okay. Says my new BFFs. These two are insightful and hilarious. I recently recently found Outlander and flew through the first four seasons in two weeks. Oh my goodness two gracious! Weeks. What is a person to do after that? Rewatch, of course. But I also found this podcast, and they offer wonderful perspectives, and you see the show in a whole new light. Listening to them, my Droughtlander was so bad. I have to start re-listening to their podcast, and I'm currently on my tenth round. Wait, 10th round, look at you. I do admit, after my first round, I skipped the listener feedback episodes. It's like watching your favorite show over uh, and over again. Well, you missed out. What else out. have I got to do a community work every day? This <laughs> makes my 45 minutes one-way fly-by. Blake's outlandish <laughs> theories are funny. Da, 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 da. They compliment each other very well. I can't, you know what, I, you know what, Thambelina? Blake's dancing. He's doing a little cha-cha while I'm reading this, and it's very distracting. And now I'm dancing with him. It's, it's very contagious. Thank you, Thambelina. You're the best. Yeah, girl. Go get it. Thank you, Thambelina. I appreciate it. Well, that is that, ladies and gents. My name's Mary. My name's Blake. Don't you worry about a thing. We're going to get through this. You've been listening to Outlander Cast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Facebook's going to mute this. They're going to get after us. They're going to say, you can't play this. I ain't going to worry. Stevie Wonder, man. I ain't going to worry. Well, you should. I ain't going to worry. Mark Zuckerberg is going to come after you. He's got enough problems. (laughs) Mark, you don't worry about us. You just worry about getting your own stuff together. Okay. All right.